G'day you all and welcome to episode 66. <laughs> uh, titled Best Bits of 2021. Yep. Hello, Phil. Hello. <laughs> you got that thing, I, right? Yes. Because have you ever been to a uh, bingo parlor? Yes. When they call, can I have 066? And right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> now that's, oh, that's, that's some here. Yeah. And what else? There's a few other. Legs, Legs 11. That's it. Now I won't be able to think of it. Now, Phil, do you have a favorite moment of this year's podcast? <laughs> fire, fire! <laughs> fire, fire! That might have been the EV4. Doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> it's just a so memorable. we'll talk about it again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you? I like when I came up with uh, the segment Brennan's Knucklehead Stories. Oh. <laughs> the knucklehead who got me some pork brisket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Well, we're going to go through a lot of these and, uh, and very shortly. So let's get to fun fact number one. Our most popular episode of 2021 was episode number 53, Southern Cooking, followed by episode number 40, in store was the next one. Well, Southern cooking, that's easy. Everybody loves Southern Everybody cooking. Everybody loves it. Some You don't even really know what some of it is, and we love it. Yeah, as long as it's in butter and fat and- Oh, fried. And fried. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And in store is also good. That's a fun day, because yeah. we get to talk to people in person. We mm-hmm. gave away a few things. Yeah, and we'll do that again in the new year. We certainly will. All but- right, so here we go. So we're going to do now the best bits of 2021. Mm. Enjoy. Now you get the breakfast burrito, the Honche Rochero burrito. <laughs> or whatever. How do you gonna ever say that word? Honche, what is it? I don't know or, what the or, hell you're saying. Eggs. How do you say eggs? Oh, huevos. Oh, huevos. It's spoke with an H. <laughs> I know J is H. Uh, J. <laughs> yes, huevos. Huevos. Huevos? Yes, so with uh, No wonder why I never got that. When I ordered, they always yeah, looked at me. What are you talking about? Hey, amigo, hey. <laughs> The fun it goes back again. Just throw me anything. Um, Point to it at the menu. Yeah. <laughs> Our guest of this week, we'll bring in Richie Picard. Not the captain, Richie Pinard. Pinard. <laughs> so she's, there you go. Even as here, he's not bald. So there you go. And he's from Elk Grove, not Illinois, which I thought, but it's Elk Grove, California. California. Yes. So Richie, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, well, I was uh, I was born in Sacramento, but uh, raised uh, in Elk Grove, uh, Go Thundering Herd, uh, a suburb south of Sacramento. Um, my parents are both uh, predominantly Mexican. Uh, my father does have uh, Apache Indian and, and some French in him. Uh, and I was exposed, uh, along with my siblings, uh, to Mexican food at a very young age. Uh, it was a staple of our diet. Uh, and... Uh, it really didn't take too long to uh, realize that, uh, you know, my calling uh, and contribution to the local Mexican food scene here in Melbourne was, uh, you know, my wife, Mary, she she actually came up with the idea of uh, doing some local farmers markets and, and seeing how uh, folks here would take to uh, my family's fresh salsa. So how come we didn't call it, you didn't call it Mary's Salsa? Uh, well, because... Uh, Mary's the idea person, and I am um, I'm the do person. So <laughs> she's well, just the idea person who gets their name on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, she trust me. Uh, she gets you know she gets compensated, but uh, no, I mean it was. Hey, look, she was a matter of probably a half an hour ahead of me because I I had the idea. You know, she just you know she kind of uh, she pushed you. Yeah, she put it out there, and so because I I really after going to a few different suburbs and just you know not really having any luck, just old El Paso and Doritos brand, etc. Um, I yep. kind of knew. Uh, what my calling was here. So uh, it didn't take long. <laughs> Diners in the New York metropolitan area and the coffee shops all run by Greeks. And you will walk in there, there was always a queue. And they will point to you. This is sort of, sort of like, you know, the uh, Coke, 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 Pepsi, Pepsi from Saturday <laughs> John Belushi, night, yeah. Uh, John Ch- Belushi. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, chicken, chip. They would actually point to you and say, well, you know, just they won't even say hello, how are you? You know, none of that stuff. They just point to you. You would say, I want two coffee regulars and a roll of butter, right? If you don't, when they point to you, if you don't get your, your order out, like in about 3.2 seconds, they skip you and go to the next person. <laughs> You're done. Actually, my first Janya going into coffee was going shopping with my mom or my father and going to the A&P. Mm-hmm. So the A&P at one time was the biggest supermarket in America. A&P means Atlantic and Pacific. Uh, and they, ever, they were famous for their 8 o'clock coffee. Right. I don't know if that was 8 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock at night. I don't know. But it was the 8 o'clock coffee. Uh-huh. So the thing was, as soon as you walked into the A&P, the only thing you smelled was coffee. Oh, that's magic. And the reason why, because you went down to coffee aisle, you had like these little things that you pour, they gave you the bag, you pour your coffee beans into the bag, depends upon the type of roast. So you had a, probably like two different types, like a dark roast and a regular yeah. roast. When you go to check out, each of the checkouts had a coffee grinder uh-huh. and they would grind the coffee fresh. So as soon as that's why, when you walked into that store, you had to buy coffee. Well, that oh, I got 42 beautiful. pounds at home. No, I got to have coffee. Fresh. <laughs> It, it's just, it would just hit you like a brick. That would set the whole day. Wait. It, it was like the best marketing ploy to sell coffee ever. I read a little bit on this because I found it quite funny because I don't know why people. In- Do they use holy water to brew the coffee? Let me ask you that. No. Oh, okay. But so they went to the Pope. They go, look, this is like the devil's beverage. Right. We need to get rid of it. He mm-hmm. goes, okay, wait, I got to taste this first. So he tasted it and went, to quote my father, damn, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so he said it would be a sin. It would be a sin to only let the pagans drink it. Oh, okay. That's where the pagans give it. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So it was so good. I don't know if he told that to his wife and his kids that were in the other room too. The know, Pope? Yeah, in the old days. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Not, not, not legit, but, you know, yeah. he had his coffee and everything else going. Yeah. Uh, so that is, so coffee has gone from being evil to then a replacement of evil. And the other one, one of my first experiences of going to uh, like a coffee shop, and this was, you know, from the going into the city with my uncle or my father for the Thanksgiving Day Parade, was going to Horn and Harder. I don't know that. Yeah. So Horn and Harder was the original one that used to throw a quarter into or a dime into the little thing, turn the handle and get out a piece of cake or a sandwich. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How cool is that? So that was the automat. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was that was really cool. I remember going there as a kid, going there like we had to go in the city with my mother or something. We always used to go to Horn and Harder. Oh, that would be. And fun. then, of you course, my friend course. Charlie changed the name from Horn and Harder to. I don't want to know. Okay. I'm not, I'm done. <laughs> I think I think this is a family show. <laughs> so, speaking of vegetables and food, let's yeah. move on to what do we do with corn 
chips and the relationship with food or in food or well, what do we make with it? Well, you tell me like Frito pie is an amazing invention. That's just, you open a little bag of Fritos yeah, and then what do you do? You stick chili. chili. Oh, and that's a pie. Yeah. I'm thinking a chili pie like a apple pie, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the other show we do. Okay. <laughs> but that came about with the state fairs, I believe. That's right? exactly right. Well, I remember going to Texas, and that was a big thing there. People would just get a bag of, you know, well, the vendors, mm-hmm. a bag of uh, Cheetos or Fritos or whatever, you know, they want to put over it. Yep. Slice it open and either put, you know, nacho cheese sauce on it or put chili or put both, you know. And just think about it. Even uh, just like thinking outside, like you can make, you know, you got leftover Fredo sauce. You can pour it on oh, your Cheetos absolutely. or – Bolognese, you know, so anything, and it's got its own little bowl because yeah. it's an it's a know. it's made out of aluminum, yeah, or a kind of plasticky metal. Well, it's a metal type, yeah, yeah and, and it won't leak. No, so you can just eat it and just you know you might just have to lick your fingers. Yeah, know, well, that's, that's all right. That's what you do of, anyway. Well, if you go to a state fair, everything is finger food, <laughs> right? And that's good because, like, when if I make chili, which I do, you know different games. I'll make a big pot of chili and then I'll have crushed saltines and I'll have crushed um, corn chips yeah. as well and then sour cream and whatever you want to put on it because it's – Oh, okay. You, so you sprinkle it on your chili. Yeah, That's a good idea. Because it just adds that yeah. crunch and that, it has that nice corn taste. Yeah. And you used to do a special dish when you had your – I had a little, little uh, takeaway thing. And so people were just flipping out. I used to make vegetarian chili. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, you know, being in a restaurant, so – it's cold stuff and then you got to heat it up. So what I did was I put it into a bowl. Mm-hmm. So I heated it up for about a minute to get the chill off it, then took it back out, then put a piece of American cheese on top of it, yeah. and then melted it down. So it's say another 30 seconds. And then after that, so it was a round bowl, I got the triangular mm-hmm. chips, chips, so yeah. chips, and then stick it in around the outer side of the bowl into the chili, and it looks like a sunflower. Oh, and people were just flipping out. Oh, how look good. <laughs> Might not taste that good, but it looks really, really good. I mean, if you want to impress somebody that with little effort, you know, I mean, you can't, I mean, it's summertime now, but, you know, once it starts getting chilly, like next week here, because we start off the week it's in Melbourne. winter. That's yeah, right. We're going into extreme summer now. <laughs> Don't put away your winter clothes because yes. you always need them. But if you're making a bit of chili, it's just so easy to do. Uh, how cute. And it looks just, I and mean, you put it on somebody's in front of them, they're just, they don't want to eat it. They want to take a picture of it. But you were pre-Instagram, Phil. You missed your moment. I missed it. Uh, yeah. oh, another thing just went right over my head. <laughs> I did a bit of research about, you know, wacky flavors of corn chips. Japan wins. They get the gold medal. Wasabi mayo. Yum. Now, I bought that little kipi. Yeah, kipi. Yeah, and kipi they mayo. made wasabi mayo. If you find that at any of the Japanese stores or any of the international get stores, it. buy it. Okay. <laughs> and just, just put it on. I put it on French fries or oh. I was doing the um, the sweet potato fries yes. on that. It's just like oh, so good. Uh-huh. Then they got tuna and mayo. Yeah, that's like the mm-hmm. sandwich at Conrad's Diner. Sausage. I don't know what kind of sausage they would use. Right? I don't know. Cheese and almond. That's pretty weird. You never think about putting cheese with almonds. No, and I don't know why. Because, like, is it the sweet almond sort of marzipan thing? Or is it, I don't know. No, no, we have to go to Japan now. Uh, fried chicken. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Fondue. Well, why Why is fondue there and not in France? Well, yeah, because France has olive. That's their flavor. Yeah. R- Rowan mayo. A little mm-hmm. caviar. A little caviar. Sesame chicken. 
Yes, I can make it. Garlic? Winter crab? Winter crab as opposed to... Summer crab. (laughs) (laughs) We've got shrimp and eggs. Yeah, yuzu and plum and cheese. That's another wit. (laughs) Well... It, you know, it's worth the I'll stick with the wasabi. Okay, I think the wasabi would be really nice. Like, you know, you buy those wasabi green beans. Oh, I love those. Oh, God, they're so good. But uh, not with the uh And also rope. the um, almonds with wasabi and soy. Oh, that is so good. Yeah, the blue diamonds. Oh, yeah, blue diamonds. That is. People yeah, from my, my hometown. All right, here's one for you, Barbara. Yes. Okay, we'll take toilets for 200 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, what am I getting into? Yes. How many flushes are there in the first five minutes of halftime? <laughs> G'day, y'all, and welcome to episode 19. Uh, this is all around. Can we get the music first, Maestro? <laughs> Thank you. All right. Okay. Let's see. The amount. And I didn't study for these, neither. Well, that's right. So the amount of pizzas ordered on Super Bowl Sunday. What is three point five million? And, and you got to give me a, a range too. Well, let's say you can triple it quite easily oh, and really? answer. Twelve point five million pizzas are ordered on Super Bowl Sunday. Amazing. How many pieces? How many people are just having one? A lot of dominoes, right? It's a lot of pepperoni going everywhere. Now, another one is um, this is a similar number, okay? That'll give you the hint. How, uh, so what is the amount of pounds of potato chips consumed on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, thinking about potato chips are one of the most healthiest foods out there. It is a potato. It is it's a, a potato. vegetable. It's a, it's a vegetable chip, yes. Yep. And only second to none probably in volume to a corn chip, which Correct. we talked about last which week. Which is another vegetable chip. So I would say 24 million pounds. Well, overshot a little bit. A little. Oh. 11.2 million pounds. Okay. But there's about 10 million pounds of corn chips. So if you put them together, oh, okay. you're so just I about right. I will give you that. Now, my favorite one. What is the percentage oh, of antacids? Uh, what, now, what is the rise of antacid sales the day after Super Bowl Sunday? What is? Mm-hmm. 32.3%. Not far off. 20%. 20%. And, uh, Tums for the tummy. And 1.5 million sickies. See, and I had never seen pizza sold by the slice, except in movies. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Tony from Saturday Night Fever. But I remember him, I went, oh, my God, you can buy it by the slice. Yeah. How exciting. So when I went to New York, I made Brendan find a place. And I said, I don't care what it is. We're buying it. It's on 86th Street <laughs> in Brooklyn. Actually, wow. the, the original where they showed with yeah. Tony walking down, that's 86th Street with the L over it. Very famous area there because they also shot the French Connection in that area. I was just going to say was that just up the block from them, about three blocks up where, the, where it turns onto Newtrick Avenue. And then welcome back, Carter. That scene there, same train line. See, I told you, this is your show. This is my this show. This is all your area. <laughs> I just wanted to say one more thing. That 
to the Detroit since we're doing a bit of history. Because yep. I love this because I got a thing with the 20s, right? Mm. But it was developed in 1946 from a former speakeasy place, which they used to call a blind <laughs> pig. So again, back to alcohol, here we are. Um, So there's a bit of controversy. So we've had controversy with nachos. We've had controversy with chocolate. We've had controversy as well. So this place was owned by Gus and Anna Guerra. So sources disagree whether the original Sicilian-style recipe Ah. was based on her mother's recipe or a recipe from one of the restaurant's employees. Mm -hmm. Connie, now what's her last name? Picanato? Picanato. Uh, hey, I reckon Connie it's, Pick. Connie Pick. <laughs> I was like, everyone has an Aunt Connie. Yeah. And I reckon it's Aunt Connie's, personally. Well, That's Con- what I'm reckoning. Connie is, uh, is Conchetta. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I have an Aunt Connie. I know. <laughs> everyone I know that's Italian has an Aunt Connie. Yep. <laughs> and a brother that's Tony and Uncle Joey. <laughs> so I thought and that was Pauly. funny. Yeah, Polly. But I just thought that was funny because I finally found a little bit of who invented what. So either Connie or Anna's mother. (laughs) But I like the thing, you know, because of local automotive suppliers, that's where they got the pants from. Did they take the the, uh, grease and the oil from the cars out of it first? Well, maybe people came back and got like, you know, the ones I got last week tasted better. Yeah, you had that dark, what was that dark oil you put in it? Yeah. Uh, but I broke a tooth. I thought it would look like a little pump from a piston. It looked really quick in the oven because yeah. you know, a little bit of combustion. Um, but it, to me, that's so Motor City. Yes. <laughs> An oil pan for your pizza. <laughs> Jeff Spicoli. Fast that's a nice Italian time. name. He was. Spicoli. No, Spicoli. I thought that whatever. No, it ends with a vowel. Well, okay. I found him <laughs> in Polish, but I'll go with Italian. Sean Penn, his breakthrough performance with... Mr. Hand. <laughs> so it's American history. They're discussing Cuba. Next thing you hear, yep. on the door, he goes, who's there? Pizza guy. Pizza guy delivery. He's like, pardon me? Come in. He goes, who got the double cheese and sausage? He's like, that's me, dude. <laughs> He's like, did you order a pizza and hand in my class? This is my time, Spicoli. Yep. I was thinking about that, Mr. Hand. This is, I'm here and you're here. This is our time. <laughs> but I just wonder how many smart Alex then tried to order pizza to school after that, yeah. maybe? Because I think that was a pretty good idea. <laughs> I'm excited because I don't know what it is. <laughs> See, if you yeah. don't read the rundown, that's what happens. Yep. <laughs> I glance over. I'm like Dean Martin, you know. Uh, you I, just... Yeah, Does, I just go for it. Do you need a scotch with that? Yeah. <laughs> and a piano. I think now, I'll go to the couch. <laughs> but looking at a full color map of the U.S., this is almost really? like looking at, you know, Republicans, Democrats, and, and Dixiecrats. That's exactly right. Because that's the way it just is colored, just that way. So, but, uh, you know, where all the big popular states, mm-hmm. okay, have voted for Soda. Soda. Okay. And then all the Midwestern states, they're in yellow. <laughs> That's what yeah. you say. That's right. So they, they, are, they are pop. And then basically down south, they're it's Coke. Coke. And everything's Coke. So I'll have a Coke. What kind of Coke do you want? I'll have a 7-Up Coke. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of 7-Up. 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 So carbonated soft drinks started accidentally 
mm-hmm. great accident in 1700s where evidently they there was a bowl of water. I hope it was boiled. I don't know. <laughs> but it was near where they were brewing beer. And somehow it sort of jumped oh. the fermentation and then the water was fizzy. And they went, hey, hey. let's try that. And the first soda was made by? Tell me. Sweps. And to yeah. quote Johnny Carson, I did not know that. In 1840, soda canters were added to pharmacies because people, like fizzy, bubbly drinks were seen to be like health tonics. Yes. So all these great flavors now that we're worried about rotting our teeth <laughs> and things were, you know, health tonics. Not snake oil, but you went to the pharmacy and they would mix a little something for you. And it ended up things being things like root beer, which came in 1876. And that has, I think, 20 different ingredients in it. Yeah, there's a lot of, well... A lot of even Dr. Pepper was that 11, 11 different flavors into Dr. Pepper. And that first came out of Waco or Waco, Texas. <laughs> and it was originally sold as a brain tonic. You know? And then it's had two and four became right. some, some scientific study. Those are your lag times in your body chemistry that you need to pick me up. And Dr. Pepper is there to pick you that up. Sugar hit bang. Dr. Pepper was actually prior to coca-cola coming out too which you know it's an old it's an old american drink people are still fascinated by it because you can't quite pick the flavor yeah and dr Pepper was uh it came out but it's not no it came out in 1885 dr right that's what i got here yeah and And coke Coke was 1886 that's right uh 1898 was pepsi yes and then uh one of the one of our favorites, uh, cheer wine, 1917. Uh, That's a latecomer. That is. Hey, do you know what? Oh, what? Pepsi Cola was called? Pepsi Cola. No. no, it was called Brad's Drink because the guy, the pharmacist, was, mm. I think his last name was Braden or Bradman. And it was called, I'll come in and have Brad's Drink. So it's his little oh, it's special a little, little concoction. concoction. And um, it, Dr. Pepper had a little nickname as well. It was called a, a Waco. Like the things you talk about before about going into the pharmacies and having soda, that was never in New York. Right. Never seen anything like that. See, this is why we're a good duo. So then it has to be Penny (laughs) Penny from Cleopatra Cakes. That is right. When you make your first fancy cake. Well, probably for a friend. I just brought like a cake to someone's barbecue and they liked the cake and we're like, can you make me a birthday cake? So um, that's probably where it started. And it was just a lot of... um, Cake fails, a lot of trial and error, a lot of uh, trying to do things that were completely out of my depth and um, freaking out. (laughs) There was nothing on the internet back then. And uh, it was a lot of just like uh, somebody's paying you, so you better make this work. So that's probably where I learned my biggest lessons was just, um, yeah, messing up a lot of cake. Sorry, I'm just stunned by cake. We we just got cake. So. So this is like a uh, a lover's cake. Oh yeah, for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Brokenhearted. Mm. Yeah, I was experimenting yesterday. Mm, I can smell <laughs> apple. Oh, what do nah. I smell that? Hang on. Chocolate. Oh, maple. Maple. You too. Maple that's right. Canadian, eh? Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh my god, yeah. I had to give it my special touch. You two keep talking because I'm not. Okay, so I can't I can't eat and talk at the same time. So Barbara's gone now. She's got a mouthful of cake. <laughs> But it smells, it smells absolutely fabulous. You really smell that maple flavor into it. That's right. Mm. Oh, I'm so happy. It's just what everyone, every Canadian smells like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going there. It's true. 
Uh, look, I play hockey with a bunch of Canadians. Do they and smell lo- like? Do they not smell no, like that? No, no <laughs> way. I think it was our second episode when someone talked about gooey butter cake. Yes. Yeah. So it's raised its head again. I'm still waiting for somebody to make that. Hint. No. <laughs> oh my god! What is it? I think it, from what I can read, it just sounds good. It does. Yeah, it does. It's a very. It sounds very much like a blondie. It right. sounds like a cake that went wrong, like a brownie. Yeah. And it was flattened and it's ooey and gooey like and buttery. Yes. Yum. So it started in St. Louis. Now, um, Teresa Rose, who came and talked to us about Thanksgiving, um, she they start their kind of Thanksgiving morning with oh, gooey butter, butter cake. cake. So you can make it for breakfast. Mm. Cake for breakfast is not a sin. A German chocolate cake. Oh, yum. Which is yum. Yes. That's big in Canada. Is it? Yeah, with a lot of Germans. Well, that would make. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? I mean, I don't know what makes it German. Oh, well, actually, hang on. I don't know because it coconut was, doesn't come from Germany. You know, the icing was like coconut. Ice can. I can tell you. Oh, what the cherries? Sam German is the dude. Oh. <laughs> so I said, and it was a baker's chocolate competition. Oh. And he made it for that. So, so name came from the guy. Not to, his not, name is German, his last name. It's sort of Sam like uh, Thomas's English muffins. That's right. They're not English because his name was Thomas English. I think cake's pop culture sort of best example is cake fails on the internet. Yeah. You can go down that rabbit hole really? for like yeah. three hours. Oh, I I dare you to look up cake fails. Yeah. So there's a really good one on Pussy, which is so frightening. Because it's like, here's Elsa from Frozen. And then... Here's this thing that I don't know what it is. Next to it. So I was like, I don't know. I mean, we've all had cake fields. We've been there. But uh, these are people thinking they, or people using little gummy teeth and shoving it in like a cake where it's supposed to look like a person. Oh, and uh, there's some awful ones, but it still tastes good. <laughs> Actually, my favorite one. And we miss this here because you don't, you can't go into the grocery store here and take that cake and go, can you put that name on it right now? Yeah, like, that's like you true. have to order yeah. it, right? So there's a whole bunch of ones that are like, um, the cake actually looks like uh, number one on it. So they have a number and a yeah. one and this is on it. But what they wanted was a number one for yeah. first birthday on the cake. So they read it literally. <laughs> I love Like those. Stephen yeah. and Goodbye. Underneath, and they've written underneath. (laughs) 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 Or the misspellings, congratulations. Yeah, I might have done that maybe once or twice. (laughs) 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 Or or on a, it's like I did it. It's all going uphill. It's very funny. So I highly recommend this BuzzFeed one to look at. I think there's 50, but. Really, if you have a boring afternoon, trying to kill some time, that will do it for you. What are some of your favorite cake creations? That I've done? Yes. Um, I think probably my favorite one was the first one I did. No, the second one I did for the Cake Bakes and Sweet Show, which was my uh, Hindu cow, my holy cow. Your holy cow. Yeah, that one was my personal favorite. Phil Rizzuto of cakes. Holy cow. Holy cow. Um, And I had done two for that competition. I did the wedding cake as well, which was like a tropical, the theme was uh, 
bright and colorful cakes or something. So I was concentrating on that so hard because for me, wedding cakes are more challenging than the sculpted cakes. Those are where I kind of feel really um, at home and I've, I feel I can kind of let loose. So I was really concentrating for weeks, making all the flowers and getting this, um, this wedding cake just right. And I left myself two days before the competition to get the cow done. I built, built the structure for it. And then I thought, I've got to do this. I got to leave this wedding cake alone. I'm like, why I took on two. And I had a baby at home. My little boy was like a few months old. And uh, why not? Why not? Why not? And so I started making this thing. And um, at first I was like, oh, well, you know, just going through the process. The process is you get excited, then you start, and then you go, what have I started? And then you're like, I hate it. This is the worst <laughs> thing ever. I'm stupid. I'm talking <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, it's the creative process. And then you come around and then you're all happy. And, you know, once you, once you get rid of it. Yeah. So yeah. we have to, it's CleopatraCakeArt.com. And if you have any um, inquiries, inquiries, I don't know what country I'm in. Um, Penny, P-E-N-N-Y, because it's spelled the right way, at CleopatraCakeArt.com. So in other words, breakfast was just hominy or porridge was considered a nutritionally unbalanced poor family breakfast, not exactly something you aspire to. Cereal changed all that. Now, I want you to give me a little bit of history. A little history here. So, you know, the cereal started with Kellogg, basically, Mm -hmm. from coming out of the sanitarium. Yes, so that's where you were ill, you'd go stay. Or you wanted to get healthy. That's right. So you would just build up your immune system. Mm -hmm. So there were Seventh-day Advances. Uh, which even still exists today. And, that's right. And that's part of the um, the, the, blue, the zone. blue zones, okay, because they eat basically a vegetarian vegeta- diet. Yes. So grains are huge, grains and legumes and all of that. Yeah. So, so they started with that. So that's how the cereal started coming about. Now, there's two brothers, yes. okay, and even though they, they came from Battle Creek, which is pretty good name because they battled each other. Was it never go to business with uh, with your brother, right? <laughs> okay, so they started experimenting, and one of the brothers who ran the sanitarium, mm-hmm. okay, and the other one developed the cereal, right? Okay, so he developed cornflakes. I still find it hard to wrap my head around that cereal is good for you because what I personally choose. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm probably lagging a little bit, and then. So another cereal brand is Post. Yeah. So yeah, and CW Post. Mm. He worked for them. Okay. So right. and then he went off on his own, developed his own cereal. He developed grape nuts. Yeah, which is like people will Yeah, yeah if you were in a healthy thing that you yeah. wanted a brand based cereal, so he developed that. So they had an advertisement in nineteen oh three that promised grape nuts were the key to kicking your Actually, probably my <laughs> liquor habit. For both of us. <laughs> I don't know if that will work. We have to test it. If we eat grape nuts for a week, we... Would we not want booze? We would not want booze. You want to... How much money do you want to put on that? Uh, not a lot. So we get that on a sports map? <laughs> so these uh, claims were accepted, um, but really, I don't know if it's because no one knew what a, what a grape nut was. Yeah, because as, as Seinfeld, you said there's no grapes and there's no nuts in it. You know, And I have to tell that to quarantine every time they come in. Because oh, they'll look you... at grape nuts. Oh, yeah. It's got to be fruit in here. got to be nuts in here. No. 
Yeah, it's great. <laughs> what do you mean, no? <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> Don't you know? well, it, well, actually, what are you hiding in that box? We were having a conversation before we started recording about how you used to get the variety packs, which we still yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you used to be able to cut the box open because it was waxy in the inside, wasn't it? No, no. They had the, the liner at that the time. The liner. So you cut the box open and cut the liner and then you were able to pour your cereal. It's sort of like the thing we talked about last week with the Doritos. and Yeah, and the Fritos bowl. Yeah. You know, and that. So you could eat your cereal in the little. Out of the box. I never did because I could never open it up the proper way, but. <laughs> <laughs> I never did it either, yeah. but I never went camping, so yes. I still had a bowl. So now these little boxes, the only one that makes them is is uh, Kellogg's, right? Okay, General Mills. They went from they. It looks like it has boxes on it from the outer package, but a few years ago they changed it to little pouches. That's very disappointing. It is because those are cute. That actually, um, Santa used to bring the little boxes to my kids. Every year in their Christmas stocking because it was a nice little nice little gift. Although you know it would have like well, little all- Lucky Charms or whatever, but the uh, healthy could have been Cheerios. The healthy cereal that was always the last one to be open. Yes, it's <laughs> sort of like a Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah, stop. Right. Yeah. The one stripe that doesn't work. Huh. <laughs> the rise. Of the mascot. Now, Phil, do you want me to talk about the first one first of yeah, myself? Because yeah. it might just be a bit triggering to you. Oh, no. no don't do it as a no. <laughs> the first mascot was Snap. So he appeared in 1933. Um, and Crackle and Pop showed up in 39. Uh, okay, so that's over with, Phil. You can move on now. Tony the Tiger came in 1951. And Toucan Sam and Captain Crunch... Both arrived in 63. 63. Now, I know there's issues with Captain Crunch not having the right stripes on him and all that. But look, he doesn't spell Captain like Captain. Exactly. And so let's not it's, get too It's not like in. Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> he was a real cat. What's Captain? I doubt it. I doubt And if you don't know who Lou Albano is, he's is a wrestler featured in uh, the music video with Cindy Lauper with girls that girls just, just want to have, have fun. fun. That yeah. was his fa- her father. Lou! Um, So even with, so we have in 1949, we mentioned earlier Sugar Crisp had its first TV commercial and it had three bears, Handy, Dandy, and Candy. Candy bear. (laughs) And then it just changed to Sugar Bear, which still is a pimp name to me. I just don't know. It was um, also one of the first cereals to come substantially pre-sweetened. With this new development, you didn't even need milk. So it boasted. Right out of the package. Which is what we've been doing with our Dunkin' today. Yeah. So we made the cereal a candy bar. Seinfeld did this great thing about cereal in his last stand-up. And I get it. He's like, you know, cookies. You know, we had like all the sweet cereals. There's some Lucky Charms and some Fruit Loops. And it's great. And then they came out with Cookie Crisp. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents saw you with a bowl of cookies and it ruined it for everyone. <laughs> It's the cookies. I remember my mother going, I'm not buying that. Yeah, that's got to be totally unhealthy for you. (laughs) There was no kidding. There was no, you couldn't even like do it. Couldn't talk your way out of it, huh? (laughs) I've got my leprechaun next to me. (laughs) So what's better, New York, Boston, or Chicago for St. Patty's Day? Well, I could only talk about New York. Okay. Okay. Chicago, I know they paint the uh, the river green. They do? That's about all I know about Chicago. Boston, I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking the, de- the departed. I think there might be a few fights in Boston on uh, St. Patrick's Day. There's fights everywhere. And it doesn't even have to be an Irish wedding. 
It's the celebration of that person's heritage. You know, when, especially when you knew somebody, it was so good. You know, and that's really, and that, that's why New York is like, and probably even Boston, Chicago, a lot of it in the old day was very tight knit between all the different national because they all went through the same yep. crap, really. Uh, breaking in to become Americans. You know, they first they lived in their own little ghettos and then they broke out of that. You know, they a lot of them had language barriers. So they all struggled through those initials, first generation here, and the second generation, third generation, yeah. then, then they broke out into, you know. And that's why I think the pride is so strong. The Irish have so many different expressions. Oh, tell you know, May the road rise up and meet you, you know. <laughs> So may the sun shine warm on your face. It's so nice, you know. May the wind always be at your back, right? Yes. And then they go. At, another one is, um, which I never heard, is what? Hey, how's your crack? <laughs> you know? I or think that's, any crack. I think that is spelled C R A I. See, yeah, but it's pronounced crack. Yeah, it is pronounced crack, which is a good time. Yes, it means how are you? <laughs> it typically means <laughs> hey, something is a good crack. Yeah. Uh, then other short ones uh, that I just like jotted down. May you live to be a hundred with one next year to repent. <laughs> <laughs> so we go on for a little bit more. I see we can find some. <laughs> May you be at the gates of heaven an hour before the devil knows you're dead. <laughs> oh, I love that one. That, that actually, <gasps> there is a movie before the devil knows you're dead. That's where that would come from. That's where it comes from. I got it. Do you know the theme I'm picking up with these? What? I think these are all toasts. Yeah, they are. Well, I guess. Well, no, but which is, which is you know, goes with the whole drinking thing again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so corned beef and cabbage. Well, a New York story. They couldn't, in Ireland, they don't have corned beef and cabbage. They have like a, a bacon, a ham. Yes. But the Irish immigrants... In America, couldn't get that, so they were able to get corned beef. So that's how oh. it became. So it's another American twist. Oh, yes. Because I was looking at a lot of Irish recipes, and, of course, most of them with potato. And a lot of it was cabbage, potato, and bacon. Yes. It's yeah. like Kilkenny, isn't it, where you chop it up and you put it all yeah, in together? Could, yeah. It's not like – and it's a, it's it's like a bacon that's cooked into it so the bacon be soft and, yeah. and stuff and grizzly. Yeah, well, that's how it would be. Well, it would be. And that's so the Irish immigrants can get it. So they were able to get corned beef um, at the docks, like the ships coming back from China were, mm. had, were returning, and they had that it's on. So they'd be like pickling it. Yeah, so, know, so, yeah, it so that makes sense. So now it's become the, uh, everyone thinks that's Irish food, but yet it is really not. Well, it's American Irish. American Irish. In Saratoga, New York, there was a chef named George Crumb, our cook. And he had a very grumpy customer. Now, one person. Oh, a name like Crumb. You know, what kind of customers do you have? Hey, who's that crummy chef? <laughs> oh, it's just Crumb. Yeah. Okay. I'll show you. Uh, yeah. No wonder he was in a bad mood. So, one story is it was a farmer. Another story, it was Cornelius Vanderbilt. So, either one, I think I'll go with Vanderbilt because that's a better story. Yes. Um, he ordered uh, his food with some fried potatoes. And he said they were too thick. He sent them back. And he sent them back about three times. And so Mr. Crumb, a man after my own heart, passive-aggressive is my secret weapon, he evidently shaved them very thin, the potatoes, and then fried them till they were very crunchy and sent them out to the table, and they were a hit. 
and Mr. Vanderbilt. Loved them. And that was up in Saratoga. Saratoga, that's ha- right. Have you ever been to Saratoga? No, I have not. You would know that you're getting to Saratoga about 20 miles before you get there. <laughs> What's the smell? It's the smell. Of? It, the smell of the water. Oh, is that like going up to the Yeah, it's the Saratoga it? Springs. Uh, so is it sulfury? It's very sulfury, yeah. Like you can't even go near it. Yeah, right. but people went up there because it was very therapeutic and they drank it and I don't know. I get sick, but it's really bad. Yeah, I did. I, when I go to Dalesford, which is sort of a similar springs, hot springs here, mm. people fill up the water. I'm like, that water is like at home where it has to sit down and settle for a half an hour. I don't, <laughs> I don't want it. Now, now the story, another story that went with this is that, um, and it was in Crumb's kitchen as well, is that the pastry chef was frying some pastry, I don't know what they were making, and some chips went in it or some sliced rounds of potato. And they thought that was a good idea. But the thing is, they've been around for a very long time. As a matter of fact, there is a cookbook. You know how I love my cookbooks. The Cook's Oracle from 1822, which was published a year before Mr. Crumb was born and has a recipe for potato fried in slices and shavings. So That's a potato chip. That's a potato chip. But you know what's made Mr. Crumb famous? Not only Saratoga. Yeah. Did he put salt on it? (laughs) <laughs> no. They called it the Saratoga chip, if you're up there. Oh. And um, the good old Snack Food Association mm-hmm. in the 1970s thought, that's a good story. We're sticking with it. And they put it in their, in their annals. So everyone thinks that's where they started. So what is a potato chip? So let's talk about Pringles and a yeah. potato chip. Well, Pringles is a manufactured, what they call crisp. Yes. Yeah, they, because, they can't call them potato chips. Because there was a, a high court case yeah. where they weren't allowed to call them chips because they're sort of made into a mush mm-hmm. with potato flakes and different additives and then flattened and baked. Sort of like bologna. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bologna is not a meat. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's just manu- – Yeah, anyway. it's manufactured. Manufacturing. Gino, who one of his first jobs was doing an ad for Pringles. Uh, Award-winning Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Pre-Thelma and Louise days. Really? Yes. It's worth looking it up, folks. Okay. (laughs) Can I just say, I'm going to take a a little break here. When I first came here, I was completely, so I was 16, 17, I was completely freaked out Hmm. when I saw that they had meat-flavored chips. I'm like, what the hell is that? It was just like. Uh, chicken chips and roast beef chips. And the only time I'd ever seen that was on the young ones. And I didn't know if that was real or not. Vivian yeah. at the bar ordering from his mother. <laughs> you're, you're, that's your basic meat and potatoes. That's exactly right. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, so I think we are sort of, we the flavors have expanded, but I think it's a British thing with those meat flavored chips. Yeah. And, well, uh, I, I remember one time a few years ago about going back to America and I brought back some Pringles, uh, pie and sauce, meat pie and sauce <laughs> chips for John, who's one yeah. of our suppliers there, you yeah. know, just like as a good fit, John, have some <laughs> Australian flavored Pringles. In the UK, Walker's Chips, yeah. they have the Builder's Breakfast, which has the taste of bacon, butter toast, eggs, and mm-hmm. tomato sauce. All in one chip. All that, you know, that reminds me of Willy Wonka. <laughs> Revile it. She goes, mmm. And then she turns into the blueberry. Pie. Well, that's sort of like the Pringles commercial that they run in the U.S. and they ran it over the, uh, for the Super Bowl. Yes. Where they get a cheese, say a cheddar one, mm. and then they put a pizza one on and they have pizza and cheese. And then they put a bacon one on and they have bacon, pizza, and cheese. 
and they eat the like three together as a blend. So you're blending your flavors together. Okay, and uh, eat the Easter joke from Brendan, our producer. Yes, yes, which you know he doesn't realize that this is an audio sort of media. Well, you got a picture in your mind two uh, chocolate rabbits talking. Yes, one has a uh, a tail missing, tail missing with a big mouth, and the other one has his ears missing. So one says to the other, "My bum hurts," and the other one says, "What?" <laughs> but according to some, I don't know which who those people are, but yeah, they, to some they of them, full of a lot of information. Yeah, the le- the legend of the Easter laying here, hair, hair, bunny, bunny, Oysterhaus. That's the guy's name, Osterhaus. Ah, came over with German immigrants in the 1700s. The legend hasn't changed much since then. Children still hunt for colored Easter eggs and anticipate baskets full of chocolates and little toys left on a doorstep on Easter morning. That's right. Now, my dad used to take it one step further. He used to build a nest in the backyard. Yeah, I see see that. Building a... Oh, we didn't have a backyard to build a nest. First it was concrete. So we had like... (laughs) We did have a backyard and he would get like, I must have been hay. Yeah. And he'd make like a big nest. So he goes, look, the Easter bunny was here. Oh. He was so good. Did you look for Easter poo around there? And, you know, they- Knowing my dad, he probably put some like whoppers around there or something. <laughs> I can't remember that bit, but I remember running all over the yard and mm. being an only child, I won the Easter egg hunt every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty easy. <laughs> There's way more candy. I think it's consumed here on the day. Well, they just like chocolates here. They do. Yeah, the strands are chocolateites. <laughs> it's the one holiday which I think They're is like, bigger here. The, for Easter, instead of the Israelites, we have the chocolate lights. <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming very biblical this mm. way. And uh, now, the other tradition that I miss and um, was lovely was Easter clothes. Yes. Your new Easter outfit for church. Yep. So, but that I don't think that even happens in a, in America anymore. You know, uh, it is all gone. I think it depends. It was our generation. No, there's still some around. Yeah. I found out where it started from because in medieval times at Easter, it's a renewal. Yeah, it was. It was good luck. You had to have new, like something, yeah. even if it was, it was a new, new ribbon. Yeah. And um, you know, I was telling it's a rebirth. Sort of. That's right. So I, I was telling you yesterday, I remember having this sort of white dress. It almost looked like a First Communion dress. And I had a hat mm-hmm. and I had white bobby socks with oh, lace yeah. around the edge and white um, Mary Jane's patent leather. I think I have a photo of that with uh, all of my cousins. Yeah. And Susan and Marie are dressed just about the same way. So I'll have to look for that. I think I have it. And I'll send it to you so yeah, you could put, put it, it on. Well, it's funny because if I went to my grandma's house, my other grandmother's house, my cousin Stevie and I would play and I'd end up, that whole outfit would be. And I know that my my other cousin, Maria, uh, Marie, sorry, not Maria. We we have a Marie and Maria. Right, yes. Uh, She has a picture of her mom all dressed out up on the roof. Oh, that'd be lovely. Well, you don't have to use a flasher outside, right? (laughs) And all dressed up to the nines for Easter. Well, and you'd go to church too. Like the people that didn't go to church all year long, that was that was your insurance policy. 
<laughs> that was the most important day of the year. God would see that one if he saw nothing Well, else. see, that's where we were all sucked into, you know, like with the church. You got to be there for every, you know, for the readings of the uh, of the cross, you know, the, the stations, uh, of, the stations cross. of the cross. And it was done, I think, I don't know, every Wednesday or Thursday during yeah. Lent. And if you miss one, it's like you've never been. But if you've gone to all of them at least one time in your life, you're safe. You're safe? You're going straight up. Take that express <laughs> elevator up there. Jeez, everything's – just make so, sure you get that last confession in there. Yeah, just so to- I made sure that those were the days I did not miss school. <laughs> we hope you are enjoying the best bits of 2021. Yes. That's good day your podcast. There's more. There's more. <laughs> Not just steak knives. Uh, we'll be back with a new podcast Wednesday, the 26th of January. Now, and our sign off, Kelly Clarkson. Yes. So I'll- what does she say? To the person that lost weight over the holidays, don't worry. I found it and I will get it back to you starting January the 1st. <laughs> yes. That's the one. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson. I, but she had that great voice. She was on. Uh, she was like one of the winners on. Yes, yeah, American Idol. Yeah, and she still has a great voice. She has her own talk show in the states. Oh, competing with us now. <laughs> no, it's a talk show on TV. Yeah, wait, we're not we'll, on we'll TV yet. Yeah, oh, will we? <laughs> Does Ralphie get to come on it then as well? Yeah, Need that'll Ralphie? bring us. That's yeah. it. So now she just got divorced. Hopefully, that doesn't. <laughs> then she's really getting right. Yeah. That's right. She's stressed. <sighs> okay, so we'll be back. Goodbye. <laughs>